I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Lady Gaga. Everybody, put on your poker faces. It's time to welcome you to another episode of Balonious Pundits. I'm Kintad Svensgaard, and along with me for the ride, as usual, please say hello to our good friend and pal, Mr. AJ Mass. Holly, 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 Hollywood. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just in case you're new to the program, we're a podcast about the show Criminal Minds. We like to uh, recap each episode, take an in-depth look at it. I have never seen the show before, so I'm coming at it from a first-watch perspective. And AJ is a grizzled veteran of the of the show, of the program, seeing, seeing it many times. And uh, he's trying not to spoil it for me, and he won't. But uh, he also has that perspective for you. And we'll also do a nice little... Fun quiz at the end of the episode that uh, that I don't do so well on. Perhaps you could beat my score. So stick around for that. Sometimes it stymies you, but, you know, you have your good will. Don't, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> this week, AJ, we are talking already about season one, episode 18, which uh, this time has just whizzed by. I can't believe we're at 18 already. And I'm going to I'm going to rock well with this episode because it's entitled Somebody's Watching. It is. And it is. uh, We are in the home stretch here of uh, season one. I believe we have three episodes left in the season after this one. And uh, yeah, I'd say two episodes left after this one that are really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. Uh, That may give away a little something, but uh, I. I have fun uh, chatting about them with you, no matter how good the episode was. So Truth! That's the point. Uh, this episode originally aired back on March 29, 2006. It was directed by Paul Shapiro and written by Ed Napier. So, to start off the episode, we open to the funky sounds of Coolin' the Gang, Hollywood Swingin', which is the go-to funky song when you want to make it immediately obvious that you are in L.A. or Hollywood for that particular show you're doing. I was just saying, it's nice. Like, you know, the whole season builds up and we're going from town to town. I'm like, but last week, New York City, this week, L.A., we've reached the big yes. time, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It, that song just makes me groove. So anyway, k- kudos to them. Uh, kudos in general to their music uh People who select the music for the episodes. I have to say I've enjoyed it for the most part all the way through the season. Yeah, the crew does a good job and they don't get nearly enough kudos, but they'll get a lot of kudos this episode. Oh, just you wait. Oh, boy. We see some Hollywood at night stock footage and we get our opening quote from Gideon. Diane Arbus said, a photograph is a secret about a secret. The more it tells you, the less you know. Uh, well, you know, you want to get an artsy little quote in here to set up the fact that you're going to be looking at some artsy stuff in a gallery. Yes, we cut immediately into some what I wrote, wrote down as hoity-toity looking art gallery reception. And I realized I said hoity-toity because to me, all art gallery receptions are hoity-toity. So I might be a bit biased 
as far as that goes. Gideon and Reed are there, <laughs> and they're checking it out. And uh, we hear a voice call out for Spencer Reed. It's a guy named Parker Dunley, who turns out to be an old high school classmate of Spencer's, who is telling him he looks just the same, which is not really a compliment when we hear that he was the only 12-year-old in their graduating class. I mean, this show loves to infantilize Spencer Reed. And any chance they get during this first season to do so, they do do so. And boy, did they did did so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Reed introduces Parker to Gideon and Gideon gives his normal dry greeting and tells him it's a beautiful gallery. Uh, Parker gives him the brief little sales pitch on the contemporary art that's available for his purchase, should he want to. Then he notices a woman enter and he says, Lila, and heads over to her. And uh, beckons them to follow. And before they do, Reed asks Gideon if he looks like he's 12 years old. And Gideon's like, no, 14. <laughs> and then Gideon, I don't know what is up with Gideon in this, in this entire opening sequence. And, and really the whole <laughs> first half of the episode. I mean, when, when the friend comes over and is talking to him, Gideon does not have any expression on his face. He's just... It's not even a deadpan. He's just like staring at him. It's weird, man. Did they drug yeah. up? Did they, was he on painkillers or something? Because <laughs> it was just weird. Yeah, I, it didn't even feel like Gideon being Gideon because you've seen him like try to at least you know blend in, you know. Well, yeah, and, and, and other like, similar it's situations. Not like he's uncomfortable being in the arts, like because you know we saw yeah. just a few a few episodes back where you know he took in the classical cello performance and you know he was moved by it and the, the emotion. So he he gets art and he'll he'll give a big speech on art later. So it's just weird. So Parker asks Reed when he comes over if he's ever met a real movie star. To which an artistic young woman with the ring in her nose standing next to Lila says, movie star, please. She has a supporting role on a TV series about beach volleyball. And I was like, damn, she a hater. She a hater, AJ. No, no. Uh, she's the friend who keeps her friend Lila in check. Her ego <laughs> is not going to get run away from her because she's in check. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Lila introdu Archer introduces herself to Reed. And uh, he bumbles through an introduction of himself, but, you know, in his usual charming, uh, nerdy, Reed-like way. And uh, we see that there are uh, some paparazzi snapping photos of them, mainly of Lila, but of them as well. Uh, and Parker goes over to kick them out of the gallery. The artsy woman, whose name I later find out is Pinky, which is interesting. But anyway, <laughs> Pinky notices Gideon. And uh, drags him off to see her work. And then Lila and Reed have some, what I would call, flirty conversation. Although I don't think Reed realizes it. Uh, but she certainly, <laughs> she certainly seems to be interested to me here in this scene. It's very much a meet-cute. Uh, yeah. The standard meet-cute uh, with one character who is completely 12 years old. At least in terms of relationships. Yeah. She's like, so, not from around here, are you? And uh, he explains that Gideon and he are there to do a training seminar on profiling with the LAPD. Lila asks about profiling and Reed starts explaining to her the whole what it is. And he's not really seeing the flirtiness that she's giving him during this whole time. And then we cut to the artsy woman, Pinky, uh, and she's 
quite aggressive with uh, Gideon <laughs> as uh, Gideon, because Gideon, I guess, was maybe the only person that ever complimented her art. I don't know, because Gideon said a nice <laughs> little thing when she was sort of dissing one of her earlier pictures. And then she just totally turns around and she's like, if I wasn't a lesbian, I'd jump your bones. And then she starts to get a little weird because she's like, you have these discerning eyes that remind me of my father, who was a shrink. It's so hot. And I still want to jump your bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone mix, calls her mix away. Signals. Mix signals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a le- I'm, but yeah. And <laughs> somebody calls her away for a moment and she tells Gideon, like, he better stay right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now we cut to Reed and Lila. They're looking at a painting and... At this point, Reed is starting to feel good. I think he's finally maybe gotten gotten into it a little bit. I mean, for someone who's as observant as Spencer Reed is, he has not seen any of these signals. It's his blind spot, to be sure. But uh, yeah, he's at least having a good time. And then, I mean, you want to talk about worst wingman ever. <laughs> That is right. Gideon comes up, grabs him in the ar- by the arm. We are leaving. And Rita's like, oh, no, we're still looking at the exhibit. And Gideon's like, now, 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 now. Uh, Reed can't even say goodbye. Gideon is dragging him out of there. I guess uh, Pinky just must have freaked him out so badly. You know, and the way he's pulling him away, I'm half expecting him to, them to get outside. It's like, I just got a call from Hotch. There's a triple yeah. murder. We have to go. No, cut to the next day. <laughs> yes, that is right. He just wanted to bounce. Uh, we do get a little bit of Cool in the Gang back on this outtrack uh, before. And uh, that's it for Cool in the Gang this episode. So Arriba Dirty, Cool and the Gang. Uh, we cut to uh, the police station where uh, Reed and Gideon are doing their seminar. Reed starts talking about victimology. And as he and Gideon continue the seminar, we cut to the home of a a blonde actress. She's talking on the phone to someone, and she mentions she's waiting on her shooting script to arrive. Her doorbell rings. She does look at a door camera to check who it is. It appears to be someone that looks like a messenger in a motorcycle suit with a helmet on, holding a package that does look like it could have a script in it. So she opens the door, but unfortunately for her, the only package she's getting is death. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. <laughs> uh, it's our unsub at the door, AJ. <laughs> and uh, they quickly make their way inside, forcing her to let him in at gunpoint. And then we cut briefly back to Gideon, who's talking about the most important question we have to ask ourselves when someone is the victim of a violent crime is, is why they're a victim. We cut back to the actress's home. We see a man arrive at the door. He's calling out for her. Natalie, Natalie. He walks into the living room and finds her body on the sofa. And he only has a brief second to cry out before our unsub walks up, fires three shots, and we hear a body thump to the floor and we get our credits. Yeah, I mean, uh, worst acting job I've seen of Mr. Uh, Only One Shot to scream, oh, my God, oh, my God. I didn't buy it for a second. I honestly, at this point, I'm like, ah, roommate. (laughs) <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely roommate uh we will eventually find out that is not the case but wow wow yeah. wow but anyway you said you said credits did you not i did say credits sorry i missed my cue <laughs> that's okay 
That's okay. I, I knew you were going to get to it. AJ, we're outside, and Reed and Gideon are thanking our local detective this week, Detective Kim, because he's going to drop them off at the airport. They're about to get in the car, and Detective Kim gets a call, and when he's done, Gideon asks him if anything is wrong. Uh, he says there's been a double murder. It's an actress and her fiancé. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this particular case is going to be a pain he does ask them if they want to help him and check it out it's on the way to the airport and Gideon says absolutely <laughs> yeah this Gideon has no problem <laughs> like a potential for a relationship with someone no 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 I gotta get out here as soon as possible double homicide point me in the direction where I need to go <laughs> yes although I will say a potential for a relationship with someone less aggressive, I could see Gideon being down for. She was coming on a bit strong there. I understand, but like I said, <laughs> worst wingman ever. Can he not see <laughs> what's going on there with Reed? Yeah, you, you are correct. Uh, anyway, we cut to the crime scene and Reed and Gideon are there checking things out. They determined there was no sign of forced entry, that the same weapon was used for both victims. The girl was shot in the head once, execution style, while the male was shot three times in the torso, which means two different M.O.s. They do have video surveillance. Detective Kim reports it shows the unsub looked like a messenger wearing a helmet and is unidentifiable. The girl must have been forced to the couch and then shot in the head. And then the fiance probably came in unexpectedly and his killing was less controlled and, and messier. Gideon asked Detective Kim what he thinks went on, and which was nice of Gideon. I thought that was a... <laughs> well, Gideon is there for a training seminar, and he's still in training seminar mode. So this, this is just, yeah. just, hey, real life example, let's go. What have you learned? Plus, I think this Detective Kim this whole time has been very complimentary and appreciative, unlike most of our other <laughs> local, uh, local cops. And when Gideon gets someone like this, I think he's going to be a little bit uh, nicer to yeah, them. Yeah, he's on board. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Detective Kim mentions he had a couple of other cases recently with the same type of weapon. Um, and both of those victims were shot in the head. One was a film producer, Wally Melman. And then there was another young actress named Chloe Harris. There's no forensic evidence at all. So Gideon says that this guy probably knows how to cover his tracks. Detective Kim says, like a professional hitman. Gideon says, maybe. And uh, Reed is surprised because there are photographers outside from the next yard over taking pictures of them. And Detective Kim is like, welcome to L.A. <laughs> Indeed. Nothing but pop, 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 paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the gun used in this particular case was a twenty-two, which is a small but efficient weapon. Kills well. The bullet bounces around in the head, as Gideon says. Uh, it's a preferred weapon of the mafia. There's no sexual component to these crimes, which is usually what the case would be with a serial murder. And Kim asks, is this a serial killer? And Gideon says, it's certainly a series of murders, but we don't know enough yet to call them serial. Detective Kim asks if they'd mind sticking around to help out, if he could lean on them for their expertise. Gideon says, sure. Just cancel our flights and we'll have the uh, rest of the team come out as soon as possible. Yeah, the BAU operates just like vampires. They need to be invited in before they can work <laughs> on the case. <laughs> uh, cut to them flying in and they're all bats. No, cut to the, uh, cut to the Gulf Stream flying in 
And the rest of the team, minus Garcia, uh, are talking about the first two victims. They were both killed in public places. Chloe, the actress, was walking her dog on a pier in Santa Monica. Wally, the producer, was killed outside of a massage parlor in Culver City, which she went to every Tuesday. Morgan says if the unsub knows their schedules, maybe he's following the victims. There's no witnesses, so the unsub can blend in. JJ says the media is calling Natalie Ryan's murder the biggest celebrity homicide since Sharon Tate. I think that's a bit of an over-exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of perked up at that one, but I, I was going to wait to see what you said. Uh, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not the man's murders. I'm sorry. Yeah. Elle asks, uh, what does that mean for them? And Hutch says it means that everybody's going to be watching. And I'm wondering at first if we're going to count that as an episode title. <laughs> no, no, we're not. And I was really annoyed because he could have easily, that could have been the title of the episode. Everybody we're watching is actually, I think it's a better episode than somebody's watching for a title. So no, I am not counting that. Okay. <laughs> we have one more chance later, I think, and uh, you'll let me know that. <laughs> we will make a ruling at that time. <laughs> uh, so we cut to... Detective Kim's office and everyone is there at this point. And Detective Kim is saying, this guy is an assassin. And Morgan says, when you look at the victimology, there's no obvious links. And I'm thinking, well, two of them were actresses and one was a producer. Yeah, I I was thinking that too. But then again, it's Hollywood. So everyone's a producer or an actor. (laughs) Yeah. All the waiters are are actors. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, what do I know? Uh, The kills were all clean, except for the last victim, which was obviously the guy who just walked in on the the fiancé who just walked in. And what was his name? Uh, I forgot it already. It was Jeremy (laughs) Collins, champion of Survivor, Jeremy Collins. Oh, no. no. Not my friend Jeremy. I'm glad glad Jeremy is actually okay. (laughs) Good point. Wow. The name jumped out um, at me because it's the name of somebody I know. So. <laughs> gotcha. And then they do that thing where they they break it down because Elle says, we think you're looking for a type four assassin. And now I'm getting used to this, AJ, where they enumerate the different possibilities like you've uh, pointed out before. And then we're dealing with this type. So when we get to the different type next time in the future... You, you've already, we've already kind of broken it down for you. It, it also, it, yeah, it just gets you more comfortable with the language that they use because, you know, the four types are, you know, we have political, well, it doesn't seem like political. We have egocentric, someone who's looking for recognition, wearing a helmet, that's probably not, not someone who's looking for, for recognition. Psychopaths, oh, we've dealt with a lot of psychopaths, and so probably will <laughs> yeah. be again. Or what probably this one is, will be mental disorder slash delusion. So, okay, cool. I, I like the breakdown. And, you know, even if they're wrong, at least they've set us up for what the other three are going to be. And each one's going to help narrow down the profile. I, you know, I, I like the fact that the scene, they were just they were just like, yo, we, we got nothing. When they started the scene with, we got nothing. And Gideon's like, well, sometimes if you have nothing, you actually have something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And of course, uh, Detective Kim is like, well, uh, what happens until we find him? And then, of course, that gives Gideon the chance to say, well, he'll be finding more victims, which I feel like is a common (laughs) trope the show goes to. He's going to keep killing. How many many times on this show are we going to have them at the beginning saying, well, what happens if we don't kill him? Nothing. He'll go away and stop completely. We actually, 
<laughs> we got plenty of time. We got you know we got years to solve this one because he usually goes to hibernation. No, of course not. There's no drama in that. <laughs> a man arrives at the Detective Kim's office, and uh, he <laughs> not wants- just any man. That is that is Rabbi Jacob from Fear the Walking Dead, ladies and gentlemen. Ha <laughs> ha Oh. <laughs> Okay, I didn't. I I have never watched Fear the Walking Dead, so well, he doesn't have a large part, but he is on the show. He is a recurring character. <laughs> he he is a that guy. Although I I looked at him as kind of a a low rent Jason Kravitz. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Not that Jason Kravitz is a high rent, well known, <laughs> everyday name, but uh, that's who he reminded me I'm of. But I, I've I've seen that guy around. Um, anyway. He uh, says he represents someone who's received a note and she's pretty freaked out. Morgan asks for the note and he hands him just a tabloid open to a story on the Ryan case. And written all over that page is is the phrase, you owe me. Quick turnaround on that article. <laughs> yeah, that, you, that's right. And that must have been the morning edition of whatever tabloid that was. Oh, Gossip Monthly, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the shooting took place on a day of publication. <laughs> Stop the presses. <laughs> so uh, the client is stent, is right out waiting in the other room. So Morgan grabs Reed to go talk to her. And hey, it's Lila from the gallery. And she does give Reed a little smile, I think, when she recognizes him there. So yeah, I mean, was you, nice. I'm just wondering, you have not yet mentioned who is playing Lila. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty so, big actress. This is Amber Heard. Have you heard of Amber Heard? Uh, yes, I think I have. I think she is uh, quite uh, quite out there in the public eye, unfortunately, not necessarily for acting purposes, but for uh, relationships uh, of, uh, of uh, sparrow nature. I will just throw out the name Johnny Depp. That's how I've heard of Amber Heard. Well, she's, she's also uh, Aquaman's wife in the Aquaman films. Okay. Mira next to Jason Momoa as Aquaman. So I mean, she, she, she's a big name. She this was uh, one of her earliest roles. One of her earlier roles. Okay. No one knew who she was here, but uh, I do like the kind of this is uh, you know that she's portraying an actress who seems right on the verge of about to blow up big time. Right. And I think her own career arc kind of shows that she was a good choice for this role. And I thought she uh, did the part very well. So I actually am more impressed. Because, uh, like I said, all I really knew about her was tabloid stuff. Uh, so it was, it's good to see that yeah. she uh, has some chops there. Some. I mean, she, 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 she's not going to win an Academy Award. Okay. I, I will go on. But, you know, as, as far as many types of actresses who get these types of roles, she's done well for herself. And she's very good okay. in this role. Yes, she is. We do uh, next cut to the team interviewing her. Uh, They're asking her how well she knew Natalie Ryan. And she says, well, we spoke to each other in public, but they're not friends. Uh, What about Wally Melman? She's like, huh? And they say, oh, he's a producer that was killed a few months ago. Uh, She says, well, they met a few times about a project, but she didn't get that part. Uh, They went with someone else and they ask her who. And then she's like, "Uh oh, because she realizes the person that did that the part went to was Natalie Ryan. And Morgan is like, oh, you owe me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Morgan. (laughs) 
And Elle makes a crack about, I guess that's one way to ice out the competition. I just did not appreciate that comment and how she said it. No, it wasn't a good line. It didn't make sense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if this was an ice skating murder, (laughs) then it would have been. Excuse me, beach volleyball, (laughs) not ice skating. Lila's manager is like, don't look at me. I'm the one that brought her in there because I think he felt like all of a sudden all eyes were on him. Yeah, he's, he was a lot faster on the uptake than our uh, reporter from last week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Uh, Gideon asks Lila if she's ever had a sense that someone was watching her. Ah, I will allow it. Okay. I will allow it because oh, mostly because I have a feeling the line was somebody's watching her and he kind of just did uh, you know, a change on the fly and the person who wrote the title had worked off the script and like, oh, it said in there, like, I, I'm going to allow it close enough. Yeah, good. Because I also thought that that could be our episode title, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so she says, yeah, from the moment I get to work, there's a ton of people there, makeup, PAs, directed, producers, other act, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of people. It's part of her life. I mean, she could have said, have you seen the show's ratings? No one's watching me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gideon says, does, does anyone or anything seem odd or out of the ordinary that happens on a regular or semi-regular basis? She's not quite sure what that means, but Reed says, like, you know, repetitive phone calls with hangups or anonymous gifts. And she says, well, she does receive flowers on the 7th of each month. They appear at her trailer, never a note, just in a, in a glass bowl. Uh, red anemones, uh, which happened to be her favorite type of flower. And Elle says, and you don't want to know who they're from? <laughs> Very accusatory. I mean, I'm like, Elle, Elle, calm yourself. Victim. Victim, Elle. Victim. Uh, her manager says, well, celebrities get anonymous gifts all of the time. Gideon asks if maybe she remembers meeting someone on the 7th or or July, the seventh month of the year. Or maybe a seven-year-old's been hanging around saying he likes her. <laughs> yeah. uh, she doesn't remember anything. Hotch says, uh, well, Wally Melman was a producer, considered hiring you, but didn't. Natalie was a rival. Elle says, Chloe Harris, she looks a lot like you. And Lila was like, who? They tell her, oh, she was a potential rival, another actress who was killed. Lila says, so all of these people are killed because of me. Hotch says, it is possible. Lila becomes sort of overwrought at the all the weight of that uh, reality. And uh, she gets up, says she has to go. Uh, We cut to her as she's leaving and Reed has chased after her and catches up to her. And she asks him, asks him what's happening. (laughs) Reed has zero game, (laughs) man. Yeah. I mean, look, great instincts. Go after her, calm her down and say, look, I'll protect you. I'll be watching. I'll be working the case. Something. Some angle here. I don't mean, you know, you don't have to be like a creep about it, but like obviously you like her, so comfort her when she's distraught. And what does Reed do? <laughs> AJ, he plays it completely cool. No, no, he doesn't. Uh, instead, he, uh, without any social grace, says it's all speculative, but it appears there's a delusional assassin. <laughs> 
who's out to kill you to help further out to kill to help further your career. Um, he says this person probably started as a stalker. He believes you owe him something. And this will typically end with either the stalker killing himself or killing the object of his affection. Yeah, so there's a murderer after you. <laughs> Potentially. <Yes. laughs> like, uh, go great. Way to calm her down. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Reed. Oh, zero game. <laughs> Just he needs to play it. Co- he needs to learn how to play it cool. He would be OK. But that only comes with life experience, AJ. Well, he, 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 is, he is still uh, not yet able to drive legally, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so after a break, we come back uh, at the police station and the team is giving their profile. Um, they say this unsub, they're looking at it as a, a type four delusional assassin with an erotomaniac manic fixation on Lila Archer. This type of stalker, stalker believes their fixation is actually in love with them. Our unsub is having a fantasy love affair with Lila Archer, similar to John Hinckley, as he did with Jodie Foster. Hey, that that's a good comparison. That's a good comparison <laughs> there. Yes. Good job, Al. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, by the way, I guess I should mention they're showing photos of all this, but, you know, we kind of assume that during the profile scene. Yeah, but I'm okay <laughs> with showing stock footage photos of the people that they're they're actually talking yeah. about rather than a recreation of, uh, oh, it's Ted Bundy in a car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh so Lila was not aware of her stalker until yesterday, so that means he wasn't trying to impress her. He's more like an unwanted, very violent guardian angel. And when such a stalker feels betrayed by their love object, this can lead to violence against the target, like in the case of John Robert Bardo, who wound up killing Rebecca Schaefer. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My sister. Was it my sister, Sam? My sister, Sam. That was yes. with Pam Dauber, I believe. Pam Dauber. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, uh-huh. that, but that, again, that was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that one seems much more like what we're seeing here is that a stalker was obsessed with an actress who was on a show, not a huge actress, but someone who was maybe up and coming. And then, well, not returning my affections. Well, then I'll show her. And, you know, goes to Reed's point earlier how these things can, in fact, turn real yeah. tragic real quick. Hotch says that these stalkers can be male or female, but they're most likely looking for a single male, a loner in his late 20s to early 40s, very intelligent, with ample time to follow his victim around and study their habits. As of yet, the unsub has not directed any violence at Lila Archer, but he has shifted his focus from those around her to her directly. However, anybody that has the vaguest association with her may be a potential target. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing nobody we know has any vague association with her. <laughs> exactly. We cut to a set where there is indeed a beach volleyball show being shot. <laughs> and uh, Lila is sitting in a chair just off set and she's talking to her manager and she's saying she's not going to stop her life. She, he suggests perhaps she could stay with him. To which she gives a quick no to. He's like, look, how about a, a hotel? Anything, just until the police say you're safe. She's all, Michael. And he says, look, I'm just worried. And she says, okay, bye, Michael. And he's like, okay, 
but call me. And then they do a little air kissing. And so it, it was friendly. It wasn't like a, yeah. a blow up or anything. No, it's it like, come on, stay with me. I'll be fine. Yeah. Stop worrying so much. What could possibly happen? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they, they give each other their little air kisses goodbye. And he takes off. And a, a PA type character wearing a headset walks up to uh, Lila. And Lila's like, hey, Mags. Uh, Mags is looking at the departing Michael and she's like, oh, he's an odd guy, isn't he? And Lila's like, yeah, but who isn't a little odd out here? Mags agrees, lets Lila know that they're ready to rehearse a a scene. And oh, by the way, someone left his envelope taped to your trailer door. Lila thanks her and opens the envelope. And there's a note in there that says, Lila, I've always been so good to you. Why would you go to the police? Mm-hmm. Signed number seven. <laughs> <laughs> so we then cut to her trailer and the BAU team is there and Gideon and Reed are pointing out that based on the grammar of the note, I'm not going to get into their whole discussion about it and verbs and participles. Yeah, it, and it's 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 yeah, it's one of those. But I will say in the previous scene, when after Lila reads the note, she shows that she's distraught by crumpling the note up. And yet, yeah. it seems in this scene that the the note is not crumpled up. It is it has been flattened out and is pristine. Uh, come on, continuity folk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have picked up on that one. So, but based anyway, based on the grammar of the note, the stalker sounds like it's it could be someone that she knows. Morgan says maybe it's time to get her off the street. Reed says. Well, there's been no physical threat to her. She might be safe staying put as opposed to anywhere else. Lila's like, uh, I'm standing right here, guys. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Gideon says if they move her, it would have to be to an undisclosed location because the stalker for sure knows where she lives. Lila says she's not stopping the show. She decided the previous night she wasn't going to be afraid of this lunatic. She only has one more scene to shoot. So bottom line, is she safe there right now? Uh, Detective Kim says, well, the set's locked down and uh, we got only essential workers allowed in and we've increased our gate security. So I guess that means it's fine for now. Mags, the PA, knocks on the door to let Lila know they're ready for her. Lila tells them all she's staying at work and she heads off to the set. Uh, Gideon says he didn't want to say anything in front of her. But the stalker's anger in her going to the police suggests that he might be altering his agenda. Yeah. I mean, if it's I'm, I'm here to support you and now I feel betrayed because you're trying to catch me. Uh, well, yeah, the flip of the switch could be trouble in River City uh, or Hollywood City, Hollywood <laughs> swinging. She didn't go to the loan to the police, by the way, Gideon brings up. Uh, her manager took her there. So he tells Morgan and Reed to stay there and keep an eye on her because he wants to go talk to the manager. Hey, Gideon just don't want to be around people. <laughs> no. I'm getting out of here. I'm not going to stay around the, the beautiful girls on set here. I'm going to go talk to the manager. Yeah, you know Morgan didn't didn't mind that assignment. <laughs> Hell to the no. He's going to get himself a cup of coffee and watch the scene. 
<laughs> exactly. So um, Reed finds Lila on set. He apologizes her oh, hold, to being. Hold up. He doesn't just find her on set. He walks yes. over and bumps into a light on the way. And, like practically turns the light and goes, oh, excuse me. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. say, but I, 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 lo- I honestly think that was just an error, but it so fits into Reed's character. They just said, yeah, keep it in. Go, go, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Or just a, a, a great choice by Matthew Greg Glubler. E- e- either let's, or. Let's say it was yeah, a choice. He so embodies his character. It is, it's hilarious. <laughs> she says uh, he was just doing his job right. And he says yes. So she tells him there's no need to apologize. She's been making a coffee at this point. She's at the little coffee station and she takes a sip out of it. And I'm going to assume that maybe the milk was bad. Like it was curdling or something because she doesn't she doesn't like the coffee she's made for herself. Or maybe they just have sucky coffee. But I prefer to think of curdled milk. I mean, <laughs> curdled milk at craft services is a big no-no. <laughs> you will get fired. <laughs> but uh, she does see that Reed has a, a, a soda in his hand. So she says, you don't mind sharing that with me, do you? And of course, Reed is cool with it. And he better be because she's already grabbed it by that point. <laughs> Uh, and she takes a sip. Then uh, she puts down the drink, takes off her robe. She's in this bikini and she turns around and heads to the set. And Reed is like agog, I think is the <laughs> phrase I will use. <laughs> yeah, he, he watches her go, certainly. And it's great because Morgan is watching her. <laughs> And watching Reed, and he gets this my man smile on his face, and he just he's he's going to head over and say something. <laughs> yeah, he walks up to Reed and uh, says, "You don't mind sharing that with me, do you?" <laughs> uh, Reed is like, "Shut up!" And Morgan is all, "Go get him, lover." <laughs> uh, I, I love that particular aspect of their relationship anytime it like i don't like it when morgan is too harsh but i like it when they have that sort of little back and forth this this is this is a a very much more friendly true to life exchange that the guy in your group who never had a girlfriend and always having trouble is staring after a beautiful girl who's clearly interested yeah you're gonna poke the bear a little bit (laughs) you mean me aj Uh, 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 I have to go talk to the agent. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's uh, move on. Uh, (laughs) El Hotch and Gideon knock on the manager's door. He doesn't answer, so they go in, and the manager is deceased. Bullet wound to the head. Hotch says, up until now, every victim's been a person who was a threat to Lila. Ella says... El Ella. <laughs> El says, yeah, but Michael was a friend. And Gideon says, yeah, but he was a threat to the stalker. Yep. Start bringing the police in. Uh-uh-uh. That's no bueno. <laughs> we cut to a little bit later. The manager's office is now a crime scene. Gideon's on the phone with Reed, and he's telling him to get Lila to a safe house. Reed says she's still on set working, and did they meet up with the manager? Gideon says, just get her home, have her pack some things. Reed asks what's going on. Gideon says, they got there too late. Reed says, oh, well, Lila's going to be devastated. Gideon says he knows, but don't tell her yet. Uh, They need her to be cooperative in order to protect her. 
Uh, you can tell Reed kind of balked at that, but uh, he he understands and he hangs up the phone. Yeah, he's gonna do he's gonna do his duty, but uh, he's uh, I mean Gideon, man, <laughs> Horshin Reed's vibe every chance he gets this episode. Yeah, he is. Uh, back in the day, we would say he likes to put salt in his game. Is it, really? Did you say that? <laughs> well. I, I, the co- collective we, at least in Northern California, I don't know what the East Coast uh, terminology well, was. Well, I mean, I don't want us to get a certain rating on this podcast. So I'll just <laughs> <laughs> it, Got it. Picture of a rooster blocker. <laughs> Isn't that how, what they did for the movie? <laughs> oh, God. Gotcha. So Hotch says, are we going to take her off the street? And Gideon says... Yeah, we're going to have to completely deny access to her. We won't even give this guy a glimpse of her. And hopefully that'll bring this guy out of the woodwork. Fair. That actually seems like a dangerous plan. But, I mean, they've got nothing. They really have nothing. We uh, cut to Lila's house and Reed and Lila pull up to it. There's a cop car out in front, uh, which is good. Reed is talking to Gideon on the phone saying there's a marked car there. Yeah, he's going to check out the place. Lila asks him if everything is okay, and Reed says, yeah, he just needs to go over some security measures with her. We cut back to the manager's office, and Elle has apparently found some pictures, which she brings over to Gideon. Says he better take a look at these. She then calls Morgan, who is with Detective Kim. She tells him they found some candid nude shots of Lila Archer. She thinks maybe, maybe Michael was paying someone to keep them out of the press. The name on the envelope says Joe Martinez. Detective Kim says, oh, that's that's a paparazzo that I know I've dealt with before. Excellent so, use of the singular, by the way, there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, they agree to go check him out. Which it just it, it just struck me that he used the singular for paparazzo, but he didn't understand any of the grammar speak that was going on a few scenes earlier. It's like, <laughs> clearly, he does understand grammar. He just doesn't see the point of uh, dwelling on it this time. I was very confused at this point of the episode, to be honest, um, because they were going to be taking Lila to a safe house, yet they went to her house. And at first I thought, oh, maybe she's going to pack a few things and they're going to go. But we spend pretty much the rest of the episode at this house. Yeah. I, I will be honest with you, too. I thought the same thing. I actually originally in my notes wrote, so they arrive at the safe house only to figure out, she says, I'm renting this place in a, in a few seconds here. Uh, so it's not the safe house. Yeah. It's it's her place. It's very weird. Very, uh, very, very, very lazy writing, I think. Or, I mean, just, yeah, her house is fine. Like, Or, or, or let's or, get her out of here quickly and, and she refuses to go. Something. Exactly. Have her say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be. She's already said she's not going to be scared by this guy. So I'm not leaving well, my you house. You already have Boom. a cop, cop, cop car outside. I feel safe yeah. here. You're here, Reed. And if you make me feel safe, and real safe, I mean, yes. uh, I'm going to be in my bedroom over here. Would you mind keeping me safe in the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, we cut back to Reed. He's admiring the house. And she's like, oh, I rent it. Uh, Reed says she should change her numbers. She says she's unlisted. And then <laughs> Suave Reed says, well, anytime you call a toll-free number, uh, that number is put into a database that's then sold to telemarketers. If someone gets your cell phone number, they can go online and research all of your records. <laughs> She tells him that hanging out with him could be really depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. He says she should also 
carry a piece of paper and a pen wherever she goes with her in case she sees any suspicious license plates that re- keep re- reappearing. And then he looks at a big art piece on her wall. It's a photographic collage. Uh, it's all several panels jumbled together so that nothing is sort of connected with each other. And uh, she says she likes it because it's, you know, lifelike, obscure, difficult. Reed just goes, well, yeah, you should also get a guard dog of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Reed. <laughs> he's really not good at this. <laughs> yes. She says uh, she's allergic. Um, then she says Earl Grey or chamomile. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> like, Reed, that's a simple question. Earl Grey or chamomile? I know you know what they are. Uh, she says, do you want some tea? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, but I'm not coming in for coffee. Because <laughs> I do know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Oof, uh, at, this, <laughs> at this point, AJ, we are cutting to uh, Martinez's uh, dark room, the photographer, the paparazzo, uh, and Morgan gets to kick in the door, so I'm sure ding, he's happy. Ding, ding. Yes, our <laughs> kick in the door of the week does go to Morgan. Congratulations. <laughs> they uh, call for Martinez, but he's not there. What is there is a whole ton of photos of Lila. Very stalkerish looking photos of her in her private moments or drinking at a restaurant or et cetera. And Detective Kim is like, oh, this guy's a real scumbag. Morgan agrees. Morgan finds a, a call sheet tacked to the wall. Um, of course, Detective Kim has to tell him what that is. The shooting schedule. Yeah. Did you for their TV show? Did you happen to catch the name of the TV show? That she works on about beach volleyball. Why don't you tell me? I did, but I didn't write it down, so I don't remember. Emotional Cages. Yeah. What? That's a horrible name. What? (laughs) No! Oh, yeah, that's a show clearly about beach volleyball, AJ. (laughs) How about Bump Set Spike? Or uh, Side Out? Or... Is there any chance that was the episode title and not the show title? I did think no, that. No, that is, that is the name of the show. Uh, and what I, I did a freeze frame on it. And uh, the names on the call sheet, at first I, I, I found it was very interesting because the character names were there and the next <laughs> to actor names. And I noticed that Lila's name was not on the sheet, nor was uh, Natalie, who had been killed earlier, who was on the show. None of the, they're not on the sheet. It was very, very weird to me. And so I, and then I noticed that it was male, female didn't match either. So I, I looked at the names closer. All of the names on the call sheet are member of the Criminal Minds crew, <laughs> which is just a nice way to sneak them into the episode and honor them for set design and art design and things like that. And probably like, oh, I'll just put the names of my friends on there. <laughs> it was very, it was, it was a nice little touch. <laughs> I, I like that, but I still think you should put Lila's name on there since... Uh, I, I agree. You know. <laughs> the fact, but at least, you know, anyone can freeze frame there. Look, I'm in the episode. You know, it's a nice, cute little Easter egg for, for, the, for the crew and for idiots like me. <laughs> or it would have been funny if they said, uh, Amber Heard. <laughs> well, then I might have called it a goof. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. So, uh... Morgan confirms that this guy is not supposed to have a call sheet for the show. And Detective Kim says, uh, no. So they look around a bit more and then they find pictures of Reed, several pictures of Reed with Lila. Uh, 
and even sort of off by himself. And uh, Kim asks if that means that he's a target now. And Morgan says, not if I can help it. Let's go. They are headed to the car and Morgan is calling Reed, telling him to watch his back uh, because of what they found at Martinez's studio. He's leaving a message. He's not actually talking to Reed. It's important to note at this point. So he's he's, he's actually leaving a message for him because Reed's not answering the phone. And I think that's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. What's going on? What's what's happening with Reed? Uh, This guy, Martinez, might be the, the unsub anyway. He lets him know that they're on their way, but he needs to be careful. As he's saying this, he's crossing the street right in front of our unsub in his motorcycle outfit, who then drives by, takes some shots at them, uh, and he does hit Detective Kim in the shoulder. Morgan tries to chase after him for a second, but he's not going to catch him or or anything. So uh, he goes to aid Detective Kim. So he calls for an ambulance. We cut to a bit later. Detective Kim is being loaded onto the ambulance. Gideon walks up and asks Morgan, how how are we doing? Morgan says he'll make it. He caught one in the shoulder and shattered his collarbone. Ow. Um, <laughs> I, of course, I, of course, am fine. He didn't touch me. Bullets just bounce right <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm Morgan, baby. <laughs> Gideon says um, no sign of the photo- photographer Martinez. Uh, Morgan says no. Gideon says the unsub must have followed him from the set. Morgan says Martinez has a bunch of paperwork in his studio that says where Lila's going to be every day. Gideon's phone rings. He answers it, listens for a moment, says, that's what I thought. Thanks. He says that was Garcia, who they didn't want to pay too much this week, I guess. Yeah, at this <laughs> point, I'm thinking, oh, Garcia's not going to appear in this episode. <laughs> yeah, as as did I. So he says she's gone through every article written about Lila and she's never said anything in public about red anemones being her favorite flower. Whoever the unsub is, they've, they've got to be close to her. He's circling in. Yeah, so, you know, the it's not a stranger. So we've established that. So it's, uh, let's, 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 the next step. Let's talk to Wyla. So like, right, let's drill down on this. That would be the next step here. Like, all right. Right. Open up your address book. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. JJ is going to stay there anyway, uh, by the way, and make sure the press doesn't get out of hand. Oh, JJ's in this episode? Yes. So oh. that's the other person I was going to point out. <laughs> um, so she's going to stand there and deal with the press, which is what she should be doing. As it's I know. It's just, you know, you, you have an episode with paparazzi and JJ's not involved at all. It's a little odd. That's all. Yeah. Agreed. And before we leave that scene, I did appreciate Detective Kim flashing a little I'll be all right hand signal to Morgan as uh, from his stretcher in the back of the ambulance before we cut yeah, away. He's out. <laughs> That's a wrap <laughs> on Lieutenant Kim. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> we then cut to Lila's house and uh, Reed is again staring at the collage on the wall. Lila asks him if he feels anything yet. Reed says it's definitely appealing She's like, well, that's a start. She takes off her robe again in a bikini. And uh, yeah, big, big claps for Amber Heard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm off track here. Uh, she's in her bikini. No, because, because she has to go she, back, in, back in the pool to replenish her, her water strength because she's Bride of Aquaman, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. 
Apparently, I, I guess I have to see that movie. I, I didn't. But hey, good for you, Amber. Reed asks her what she's doing. She says she's going for a swim. He tries to stop her, but he's too late. She goes out and dives into her pool. And we then see that there is indeed a photographer who I'm assuming is Martinez. Uh, he's in the bushes snapping pictures. You can hear the shutter clicking. Reed comes over and insists that she gets out of the pool She's like, get a suit, join me. Reed says, no. She says, why not? He's like, uh, maybe because there's a psychotic killer after you that likes to shoot people in the head. Uh, she, she's finally like, fine, okay, I'll get out. Help me out. And I can't believe, I guess Reed has never played with anyone at a swimming pool in his nope. life. <laughs> because clearly we all know what's going to happen here, but Reed does not. He leans over to help her out, and she pulls him into the pool. At which point we have the worst line of the episode. <laughs> you got my gun wet. Yeah. Oh, She's dear. cracking up laughing. She's cracking up laughing, and yeah, he's like, hilarious. My gun is wet. It's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, he, he I think he puts his wet gun on the deck. And we see the photos of him being snapped as he's doing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Lila comes over and in a quick moment, she grabs Reed and she's starting to kiss him. Smoochy time. Yeah. Yeah. He breaks away, says this is completely inappropriate. The photographer is snapping his photos, snapping away. Lila pulls him back to her. She starts kissing him again. Reed starts realizing maybe he likes this. Uh, and, no, uh, wait, don't. Stop. Please. No, it's inappropriate. No, stop. It's, yeah, stop. Exactly. They get into it for a second, and then he pulls away again, and he starts explaining about this little thing called transference. <laughs> Lila's like, she looks a little bit hurt, and she's like, you don't like me? And Reed's like, I do. It's just that I'm a federal agent. I'm supposed to protect you. She's like, then keep me close. Uh, yeah, and one other thing. Reed point. <laughs> and one other thing. Forgot to mention this earlier. But but uh, your agent's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the Ooh. big thing that he should have said before, that he did not. Yeah. He tells her he drops that bomb on her and she is basically furious at him at this point. He knew all this time. He didn't tell her. So he starts to try to help her out of the pool and she's like, they don't even touch me. And then we cut back to the photographer taking his photos. And now we see that he's got a, a gun to his head and Morgan is saying, give me a reason. <laughs> Just give me a reason. We cut back. To a little bit later after that, Reed is wet and he's he's trying to dry off his gun. <laughs> Still concerned about the wet gun. Elle comes up to him, says they found this guy in the bushes. Uh, Reed looks at her for a moment and tries to act like, oh, I, I fell in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and Elle is like, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of photos of it. <laughs> plenty of photos of you falling in the pool there, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Even though... I, I got to say, they do write some good one-liners for Elle, even though most of the stuff they write for Elle, I'm not happy with. But they do give her some good zingers every once yeah. in a while. That, that, and she she delivered that one well. 
Morgan pushes Martinez past him. And <laughs> I don't know why they were over there. And then he decides to push him over there. But OK. Um, <laughs> and Martin, Martinez is like, stop shoving me, man. Morgan says, you're a suspect in the murder of Wally Melman, Natalie Ryan, Jeremy Collins. Martina is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. To which Morgan hysterically replies, shut up with the <laughs> yeah, whoa. I like that one too. <laughs> uh, uh, we know for a fact that you have hundreds of foot photographs of Lila Archer and Natalie Ryan on the walls of your studio. You have Miss Archer's daily schedule on your desk. You've been stalking her. And to which Martinez says, look, hold up. Every paparazzo, there we go, is a, is a celebrity stalker. If you don't stalk them, you don't get the shot. If you don't make the shot, you don't sell any pictures. Well, he says you don't sell no pictures. And I'm upset that Reed doesn't correct him <laughs> on the double negative. Al says, well, this one is going to cost you. And she rips the film out of the camera. 2006 alert. Um, he, he says, that's just all kinds of wrong. Morgan's like, tell it to your lawyer. He's like, I'm still being locked up. And Morgan says, yeah, that's right. At the very least, you were trespassing. And he leads him off. L hands Reed the film and tells him he's welcome. Yeah, I, I wish she had a better snappier line than this one's going to cost you. I, you know, I, I, it would have been really more in her character to just go, oops, I tripped. <laughs> and she ripped the film out. But, you know, the intention was very sweet there. Yeah. Reed comes in to see Lila. She's sitting on her couch crying. He asks if she's okay. She's saying, you know, Michael was like family to me. Reed is saying he's so sorry. And Lila says, it's so hard to trust people out here. You don't know who to believe. Gideon has walked in at this point. She says, everybody wants something from you. That's why I thought you were different. Reed says, I know I should have told you. And Gideon says, I told him not to. He was just following my orders. And then he leaves. So that was nice of him to I, I think at this <laughs> come point, in for that. Realizes, oh, this is actually serious. This is actually, oh, I see. It wasn't just they were just chatting. He, he's finally looking at them. Uh, yeah, right. I thought this was a, a, a real nice scene. I, I don't know where the dry clothes came from uh, <laughs> since mm-hmm. they're at Lila's house. I mean, you know, I'm sure she's had boyfriends in the past who maybe leaves clothes behind or, 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 it's, or it's rent. But it's a rental. You know, but nevertheless... It's a bit bit odd that, uh, oh, you have clothes that fit Reed, really? <laughs> Especially when we see Reed back in that wet shirt a little bit yeah, later. Did you I notice did not, that? But, ooh, good catch on that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he had put it in the dryer so, and had dried by then. Yeah. It could have been dry, but it was still clearly the, yeah. the shirt that he was uh Reed put it in the dryer in the immediately because if we leave that sitting there then the mold might get in and like <laughs> do you know it takes 2.7 <laughs> minutes before the mold becomes permanent <laughs> yeah before he checks on Lila who may be the love of his life <laughs> he's gonna take care of business <laughs> but yeah nice nice job by Gideon he even pats pats uh, Reed on the shoulder as he goes as he's losing yeah it was a yeah. sweet moment Lila says the last time she's been able to trust somebody was at Juilliard before she was a somebody. And that comment happens to set off a light bulb for Reed. And he again starts looking at the collage on the wall. And he says, didn't you say you used to live on Houston Street? And I I give him props for saying Houston Street, even though he's only been to New York once last (laughs) week. (laughs) Uh, That is the proper pronunciation Uh, of the New York Street. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll give him props for that because when I 
I hadn't heard of Houston Street before I moved to New York, and I was calling it all kinds of Houston Street before I was mm-hmm. corrected. Especially, uh, you know, West Houston, which, you know, you know is it, why did they name a street after Whitney Houston? Like, no, no. That's, that's not what happened here. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Um, so anyway, he says, you were a waitress and you lived on Houston. She says, yeah. And Reed is staring at the collage. And we see some camera trickery where the panels of the collage are rearranging themselves like pieces of a puzzle uh, fitting together. And Reed is sort of picturing what that what that could be. And uh, which which is here's the thing. It's like I totally buy the fact that Reed would be able to do that and do that very quickly in his head. After all, we saw his skill with uh, word searches (laughs) a few episodes back. Uh, (laughs) So he's able to mentally do that sort of thing. I then don't know why it seems that it's taking, in the very next scene, they take the picture down and he and Elle and Morgan and Lila are there trying to physically move them around. And I get you want to do that because he wants Lila to see the pictures to see if she recognizes it to them. But it shouldn't take him any time at all to do this. (laughs) Since he's just done it in his head, he should go from the Agreed. Maybe they should have gotten the the other Jeremy Collins to help them out because this was a, apparently an immunity challenge that they needed some help it, on the it, puzzle. It, it, or you know, maybe Elle was just like, oh, "I got it, I got it." It's like, yeah, but I no, no. Let me solve it. I want to do it. What's your time? I'll beat you. <laughs> uh, so they do manage to pretty much put the uh, the pieces together in the proper order, and uh, there's various pictures on there of a younger Lila in New York. Uh, Morgan says, Lila, looks like somebody's been stalking you for years. It basically pictures her whole life story. There's movie premieres, playbills, everything since college. Lila points out there's a picture of her family's country house. Um, Morgan asks who gave her this collage. Lila says she did, points at a picture on there. And who should it be, AJ? But it's Reed's old high school classmate, Parker Dunley. What? Exactly. Uh, Morgan calls Garcia and asks her to email him a sheet on Parker Dunley. And again, I think, I guess we're not seeing Garcia. I guess not. Because we don't. Mm, 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 mm. Shame. (laughs) We cut to the team arriving at the art gallery. And our artist, Pinky, that was hitting on Gideon in the first scene, is there. She's packing up her paintings in a box. And she's all, oh, look who's here. Gideon says, uh, where's Parker? And she's like, I don't even get a hello. Probably fitting since I didn't get a goodbye. I'm like, girl, actually, girl, get no, over yourself. What, actually, I kind of like that one. It's like, it wasn't so much that he had a duty, but like, I did like that line. It's like, well, since I didn't get a goodbye, why am I surprised? She fooled me twice, shame on me. <laughs> uh, anyway, she calls out for Parker. He comes in. They question him about the collage that he gave her. Uh, there's a little back and forth here, and then it turns out they to they find out that he didn't make the collage. Someone gave it to him and asked him to give it to Lila anonymously, since he wanted to impress Lila and have you know a celebrity coming around the gallery for the publicity. He just told her that he made it. So, which, which does make sense. I mean, that's that's an easy check mm-hmm. since like she probably met him out here and he wouldn't have had access to those photos. So. Uh, it, it, you know, you can buy it, although as quickly as they thought he was the guy who did it, it you know, they could have cleared that up while they were still with Lila, but uh, all right. Mm-hmm. How long have you known this guy? Like, ask a yeah. few questions. 
Yeah. And I kind of wonder why his picture was even on there. I guess. Because he needed one more well, red well, we'll herring find- inside. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> if, if it's a picture of her entire life, I mean, certainly they were friends here. I mean, he knew her as soon as she came in. He invited, you know, he knows the, certainly uh, sassy, sassy right. friend uh, Pinky. Was that her name, Pinky? So, I mean, yeah. you know, they're all friends. So, there are probably pictures of them socializing there. So, I'll, I'll grant that. So they ask Parker who made the collage, and he says, oh, Maggie Lowe. She works on Lila's show. She went to college with Don't her. Don't you know? And I'm Sorry, like, I thought we were rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, no, not Mags. Gideon calls Reed to tell him they have a name, Maggie Lowe. She's the unsub. Um, and they're, they're on the way. Reed uh, turns around and asks Lila if she knows Maggie Lowe. And she's all, Mags? Of course I know her. Known her for years. I got her the job on my show. Her cell phone rings. And wouldn't you know it, that's Mags on the phone right now. As if on cue. <laughs> <laughs> Reed says, we think she's the unsub. And she, he has to quickly say the stalker when she doesn't Which is what he should have said, that quite is. frankly. But all right. Whatever. Yes. Lila's like, no way, it's not possible. It can't be Mags. Reed's like, answer the phone. Keep her on as long as possible so we can trace the call. Trust me. Lila answers the phone, and Reed walks away a bit to call Garcia, who we finally get to see late this late in the episode. I mean, it's like maybe, what, 10 minutes to go? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we see Garcia. Reed asks her to trace the call, gives her Lila's phone number, and meanwhile, Lila's asking Maggie what's going on, and Mag- Maggie is sounding all strange, talking about how tired she is, tired of this world, and oh, she misses her. And Lila's like, Mags, I just saw you today. <laughs> True. Maggie's, Maggie's like, well, it's never going to be the same as it was. You know that time in college when your heat was out and you stayed in my dorm room? Remember, like that at that time when you were playing Ophelia, and Lila's like, uh, "I remember." Uh, Maggie says that was the happiest time of my life. Lila says, "Maggie, sweetheart, that was only like one weekend, you know." I was only experimenting. <laughs> yes, Ma- Mag says it was the happiest time. It was the happiest time of my life, and you don't know anything about me at all. And I did everything for you. At this point, Garcia is saying, hey, Reed, is Lila's address 6028 Pike Street? And when he does, uh, all of a sudden, it's when a stranger calls because she says, she's calling from inside the house. Yeah. I'll get you some backup. A little cliche. All right. A lot cliche. (laughs) And they would have figured that out two seconds later because, you know, hey, I hear someone inside the house. noise. Yeah. Yeah. So they hear her in the house, and Rita's like, how'd she get in the house? Lila says, well, she has keys. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Reed pulls out his gun, which I guess is dried up at this point. Well, he put it in the dryer with his shirt. That's why he's wearing the shirt again. (laughs) Oh, okay. And uh, somehow Maggie gets behind them, gets the drop on him, points her gun at Lila, tells Reed to drop his weapon. He does. He's like, hey, Maggie. She says, don't call me Maggie. You don't know me. She tells Lila, come on, honey, we've got to go. And Reed pleads with her not to hurt Lila. She says she would never do anything to hurt her. She created her. 
And Lila's like, wait, what? No, you didn't. Uh, Maggie is like, yes, I did. I know I did. You stupid, ungrateful. I can't believe that I loved you. So she's turned pretty quickly. Here. You know, well, she knows how much time is left in the episode. <laughs> Although, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with uh, a type four who is suffering from delusion <laughs> and you break the delusion. Assassin. Yeah, that's not a good good thing to do. Don't break the delusion. Try and keep it going as long as possible. So uh, Reed says, uh, you know what, Maggie? Uh, she loves me now. She told me so. We were in the pool and she kissed me. Now she loves me. Okay. And um, Maggie's like, no, no. Reed looks at Lila, says, tell her. Tell her we kissed in the pool. Maggie's still screaming, no. Reed looks at Lila and nods his head. So Lila plays along. She, well, I mean, it's not lying. She did kiss him in the pool. Yeah, she says, yes, we kissed. She did not say, and I love him. <laughs> she, Yes. Well, yes, actually, we did kiss in the pool. Yes. <laughs> uh, Maggie screams and tries to grab Lila, and she repositions herself in front of, of her, and, and Reed is able to disarm her and throw her to the ground in a little, I don't know, ninjutsu move of his own, and, uh, and starts telling her not to move, holds her weapon at her. She starts to plead with Reed to kill her. It's really kind of heartbreaking, I yeah. guess. Pretty sad. She'd be much happier if Reed just shot her. And Reed instead says, we're going to get you help. It's going to be okay. She breaks down crying and, and Reed starts to comfort her. Yeah, by patting her on the head from a distance. It was, again, he's very, <laughs> very awkward. He doesn't know how to comfort <laughs> people. And, you know, it could just be he's just like either just an introvert or, you know, Maybe just does not like really physical contact might not be something that he's usually comfortable with, especially with strangers. So, uh, pat pat on that. <laughs> so we cut to the next day. AJ, Lila, and Reed are outside. I'm assuming outside of the police station. But uh, anyway, a publicist comes up and tells Lila that Escape wants to do a feature on the stalking, and she's told them yes. Lila's like, "Well, why did you do that?" The publicist says. You're going to be fine. Don't worry. Hair and makeup will be here in 10 minutes, as if that was what the issue was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally misconstruing uh, the, the nature of the question. <laughs> yes. Uh, and she starts saying, you know, there's also talk about us doing 60 minutes. Lila says this kind of publicity is making her completely uncomfortable. The publicist is like, don't be ridiculous. You're doing a public service here. Stalking is a major problem in this country. <laughs> um, she wanders off. Reed says, it looks like you're going to be pretty busy. Uh, Lila wishes things had been more normal when they met. And Reed is like, believe me when I say this, I have never known a normal day in my entire life. Fair. AJ, I believed him. Fair. <laughs> I believed him. 12-year-old in high school? Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan uh, calls out for Reed, says they got to go. Lila says, if I'm ever in Washington would I and I were to give you a call, would that be okay? And Reed would like that a lot. They try to talk more, but now Gideon is again calling for Reed like, they gotta go. So Gideon, I guess, hasn't completely learned his lesson. Uh, Lila's publicist is calling for Lila. She's gotta go. Um, so Reed just puts his hand on her shoulder. I thought he was gonna go in for a kiss. He didn't. No, and, and she, she did a little neck hug. Walks <laughs> yeah, her neck she did like. a little... Yeah. <laughs> 
they, 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 they found each other. They're cute. They're cute together. Yeah. But they go their separate ways, being pulled yeah. in two different directions. Their worlds met for just a brief moment and now ripped apart as bow jet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we cut to that jet flying home and we get a quote from Gideon. Bernard Shaw once said, and I'm like, the old CNN anchor? Because you have to call him George Bernard Shaw, in my opinion. But that's just me, because yeah. only because I always associate Bernie Shaw with the guy on CNN. Absolutely. All right, anyway, Bernard Shaw once said, an American has no sense of privacy. He does not know what it means. There is no such thing in the country. Well, that sounds like Bernard Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be, could have been Bernie Shaw. I wonder how. I wonder if he's still around or alive. Uh, I am not going to play that game, but I'm I'm, I'm actually going to say no. Okay, I don't know. Um, maybe I'll look it up later. Anyway, uh, they uh, what happens next, AJ? Let me see. Well, what happens next is we're back at the old office there at the BAU headquarters and. Reed is looking at a celebrity gossip magazine, which has a picture of him and Lila plastered on the front. Like, ooh, who's her new love kind of thing. And again, I will say props to the art department because there's a little story with a picture of another woman on the side there. And it says, Taylor Wylands from the inside. And that is the hyphenated last name of someone who joins the production staff for two episodes five years from now. So she has some sort of connection to the show even at this point. But she's not working on the show yet. So it's probably the friend of someone who's working on the show who gets her to come in for like two episodes later on. And again, just a nice way to shout out to a friend that Sarah Taylor Wylands. <laughs> but they just use Taylor Wylands because it sounds more celeb. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Very nice catch. So Morgan comes in and... Uh, He's like laughing at him and uh, says, uh, good night, Hollywood. And Reed's like, come on, man. And and Morgan says, you're lucky they didn't get a shot of, of you next to the pool trying to draw your gun. You look like a wet rat. <laughs> <laughs> Reed, Reed frowns and Morgan is like, hey, come on, man. I'm just playing, basically. Reed says, did you know that I, I kissed her in the pool? It's so weird. It's like it, it never really happened. Morgan's like, sure, sure. Hey, she's a beautiful young actress. Reed says he he tried to explain to her about transference, how she only liked him because he was there to protect her. Morgan is like, hey, don't sell yourself short. You were her hero. You took down an armed suspect without even firing a shot. You saved her life. That's a hero in my book. Reed asked him him if he ever uh, crossed the line with the victim on any case he was working on. And Morgan says no. But there's some things even your big brain can't control. No harm, no foul. Let it go. Reed asks him if there's ever been a girl he's wanted to be with for, you know, not just one night. <laughs> Morgan is like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Reed says it's just that he's never seen him with the same girl twice. Morgan's like, are you calling me a dog? And Reed is like, no, 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 no. I was just wondering... If this feeling that I'm feeling is ever going to go away and Morgan says, Reed, the thing, this thing that we do takes up all of our time and a relationship is hard enough, even if you are in the same city. Um, And Reed says, so you're saying it's probably wise that I don't call her. Right. And Morgan says, I can't answer that for you, 
But what I do know is you don't have to answer that question tonight. <laughs> and uh, he's right about that. Uh, he starts to leave. Reed says, have a good weekend. And Morgan has one last thing as he says, you too, Romeo. Uh, Reed starts to throw away that tabloid. And then he thinks the better of it, and puts it in his drawer, grabs his coat, leaves the office. And that's your episode. Yeah, very, very nice uh, ending there. Again, the, the relationship between Morgan and Reed is very big brother, little brother. And it's I really like yeah. that kind of uh, relationship there. Uh, cool job. By the way, uh, George Bernard Shaw preferred that people call him Bernard Shaw. So that's they're using the pedantic uh, call me Bernard and uh, CNN Bernard Shaw still alive as of this recording oh. at the age of 81. Oh, thank you. Good to know. I don't care about George Bernard, what he, George Bernard Shaw preferred, <laughs> <laughs> which is really bad of me as Kintad Svensgaard to say, I think people should actually go by what they want to be called by, but I still, I, I can't, I can't. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him Bernie from now on, but. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Georgie Bernie Shaw? GBGB. <laughs> So, AJ, uh, that was the episode. Uh, any final thoughts before we go on to if they won the episode or not? No, I, 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 overall, I liked it. I, I, I Again, I think the character building that they do is really cool. I thought this was a really fun episode for Reed. Uh, you know, the Morgan Reed relationship. Elle had a few good lines in there. We didn't see much of Hot Ship at all. JJ not present mm -hmm. other than the one line here, one line there. Garcia barely squeezed in there as an afterthought. So I, I, I yeah. think I prefer when everybody gets to take part. But uh, yeah, I, it, it wasn't bad. It applause, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, I I enjoyed the episode a lot. I uh, even though I was kind of just squirming when Reed was spitting his game because um, <laughs> I wanted him to do better. Uh, it was very very cute, and uh, again the camaraderie between Morgan and Reed. Like you say, yeah, it's nice if we see everybody a little bit more, but. I don't mind if they do little one-offs like this every once in a while, where we focus on somebody. Yeah, this isn't this isn't uh, you know one of these Netflix uh, bingeables where it's ten episodes and you know we got we got twenty plus episodes in every season for the first fourteen seasons, you have thirteen fourteen seasons. So like, yeah, we we got to have some filler. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's time to. Pull out our barometer and ask ourselves what we ask every week. AJ, did the team win this oh, week? This is a hard one. This is a hard one. I mean, caught the unsub, so there's that. But this was a targeted unsub, and really, if they hadn't, if Reed was not into Lila, I, they walked away thinking they had it solved. At several points of this episode, they would never had it as a female. They, oh, I got the paparazzi guy. Well, I, okay, we'll all leave. You know, could have really been in danger there if Reed hadn't hung out. Uh, they thought it was Reed's high school friend, completely way off base. I mean, I think they were lucky, more than lucky good. I'm going to call this a draw. I mean, the agent died. They really, Kim got shot, like, tie push could have been a lot worse but i don't think they really did anything 
I, I agree with you. It was sort of like they found out things instead of discovered things, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they were wrong. Every, uh, they were basically wrong every step of the way and, and narrowed it down and narrowed it down. But they never found out. It was like, oh, by the way, the call's coming from inside the house. Like, that's how they caught her. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good to see Reed do a, a, another takedown. I'm, I'm glad when Reed gets to be the hero. Oh, and, uh, and my man. You were a hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what does that put their record at? Uh, they, what are they at now? They are 11 wins, two losses, and five ties. Five ties, second tie in a row. But again, ties not a loss. So Sounds good. All right. Uh, now, AJ, we like to do this thing every week where we have a little bit of a quiz, and I usually get somewhat humiliated. Uh, you've had a bad couple my weeks. Choices. You've had a bad couple weeks. Uh, you uh, were shut out the last two weeks. Uh, we're now 15 out of our 51. But let's see if we can turn things around here. Uh, you know, I also do another podcast called Beat My Guests, which is a trivia focus. This is clearly not a trivia focus podcast, but I like to throw in a little <laughs> Criminal Minds focused trivia questions here based on the episode that we just saw, starting with question number one. I mean, I can't not have at least one trivia question about Amber Heard because she's. So good in this episode as this, I believe her as Lila, flaws and all. Um, she is doing this just a couple of years after really being quote unquote discovered when she appeared in a 2003 music video for a song called There Goes My Life. Uh, I would like to know what country artist sang this song, There Goes My Life. And a lot of times I give you multiple choice. I'm not giving you multiple choice other than to say it's a country artist you've heard of, which kind of is its own multiple choice. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, and what was the name of the song again? There Goes My Life. It's a song about a, a teen boy who gets uh, his girlfriend pregnant and thinks... There goes my life, but then comes to the realization after they uh, the the they go through with the birth and don't take care of it uh, that the girl go, grows up and now becomes a, a beautiful young woman who is off to college. And as he sees her go off to college, he now sings, "There goes my life." Ah, yeah, clever, clever, clever. I don't know country music that well, but I do know several of the names. And uh, I'm just going to pick one at random out of the blue that I know. And I'm going to say that was Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean is a country music artist. So well done there. Uh, not the right one. <laughs> but again, like I would be I would be throwing darts here, too. But this would be the one I would guess because I always guess this one. <laughs> and it is Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Kenny Chesney. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. It was a dart throw, so well done. Yeah. I, <laughs> who but knows? If, I don't feel bad for no, missing No, but like that. I said, if I had made multiple choice for this, it would have been Jason Aldean, Kenny Chesney. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I still would have said Jason Aldean there probably. But All right. So uh, also, you, in addition to the trivia questions, I will also from time to time have you make predictions going forward. Now – I bring this up. A couple weeks ago, we were introduced to Sean Hotchner, uh, Aaron Hotchner's brother, and I had asked you uh, if you thought we'd see him again and how long it would be 
until we do. Uh, and I forgot to mention last week when we were in New York, why did we not see Sean Hotchner last week when we were in New York, since that's where he moved to? And oh, he yeah. worked at a restaurant, and they didn't eat at his restaurant. And I know, okay, they could get the actor. I get it. But it just seems odd that you would go to New York right after they make a point that he's moving to a New York restaurant, and they, he wouldn't at least say, oh, and I, well, I ate at Sean's restaurant. Just say something about him. Yeah. I, I found yeah. it odd. You don't even have to have right. him there. That's a good found point. It, found it yeah. odd. But anyway, uh, in that vein, I would like to ask you uh, a two-part, actually a three-part question here. Referring to uh, Lila Archer, who, I mean, the chemistry was palpable. Uh, will we ever see or hear from her again? If so, how many times? This can be uh, any, any form, you know, a letter, phone call, mentioned by another character. Okay. Will we ever see or hear about or from her again? And if so, how many times? So I don't I don't think it's a fun question if the answer is no we'll never see her again. I mean even if that's if that's what the answer is then okay you got me. But I like to give an answer <laughs> um, outside of that because I think it's more exciting. Um, I don't think we're going to see Amber Heard on this show again. I'm guessing that Lila Archer physically we're not going to see her. We may get somebody that's supposed to be her voice on the phone, or we may just hear mention of her. And I'm going to say that's going to happen three more times. Uh, three more times. All right. We'll see how many more times it happens. And uh, a part uh, three, I guess, to this question, if those are two parts. Uh, we're going to count Lila as number one on this list. This is the first time we have seen Reed with, I'm going to say, a love interest. Something where it's, and yeah. I'm defining love interest as. He's into it. She's into it. There's some sort of chemistry there. Maybe they date. Maybe they marry. Whatever. Love interest. How many love interests, including Lila, which I'm including as number one, uh, what number, if we start counting from here on out, will we get to? I think we're going to get several over 15 seasons, uh, assuming, and I, I think I may have, I may have the spoiler that Matthew is going to be with us for most of the run of this show. So I could be wrong on that. I don't know. But I think we're going to have a lot of them over 15 seasons. And I think I don't I think he's a, you know, not necessarily one woman guy, but I think he's a pretty consistent guy. He's not going to, like, go play the field a bunch play unless up. we have a real drastic. Yeah. Unless we have a real drastic uh, switch up on his character for some reason. Um, and he feels that he needs to sow his wild oats. But uh, it's I'm going to keep it to a relatively low number, and I'm going to say three. <laughs> a three, girls. <laughs> All right, and one more. Including it. One final question. How many licks does it take to get to the center? <laughs> of a sissy robot. 16. <laughs> <laughs> the world may never know. Uh, all right. Good to know. We'll add that to our list of uh, predictions. Uh, hopefully, we'll be at least uh, settling one prediction very, very soon because... It better be the name of that baby, damn it. Absolutely. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we got two, well, we got two, <laughs> questions, left, two questions left on our trivia quiz. I, I, I made this one a little bit easier. I'm pretty sure you, you're going to be familiar with this. 
in the song Somebody's Watching Me by Rockwell. Which of the following people are not mentioned in the lyrics as potential looky-loos? <laughs> we have A, mailman. B, neighbors. C, people on TV. And D, strangers. D, strangers. Wow, not even hesitating. Of course, I could not include the IRS. Because <laughs> that would be too damn easy. Uh, yes. Uh, is the man and watching me? Or are the neighbors watching me? <laughs> I, I'm kind of ashamed that I knew that one instantly. <laughs> that was an insta-get. Yeah, that's why it's there. Sometimes I, I'm not trying to get you. <laughs> Right. Although I bet you, if some of the people we knew were listening to this, they would have no clue. They, anybody under a certain age, fair. That would just completely very, very, very fair. Right, they anyway. still don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <It's all good. laughs> Look it up, baby. Look it up. And finally, my favorite question of the week: What is the plot going to be on our next week's episode? That will be Criminal Minds season one. Episode 19. 19, And the title, Machismo. 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 Yes, here is our multiple choice. Is it A, a drug lord named Machismo has an Oklahoma town <laughs> afraid to leave their homes? Is it B, Boxers in Texas are turning up dead outside of the ring. Is it C? Let's go to Puerto Rico because that's part of America, folks. And kidnappings are bad news wherever they might happen. Or is it D? We're off to Mexico because, heck, they can have serial killers too. <laughs> oh, boy. Hmm. I don't know. I think I think choice A is so ridiculous <laughs> that it may be true. Choice All right. My head says to go with choice B, the Texas uh boxers dying outside the ring. That's what my head says, AJ. But I'm going to go with my heart and say that there is a drug dealer named Machismo Choice A, I, I think you, you, you picked it because it's so incredible and so unlikely that it's actually the right one, and I'm going with choice A. I would love to see a drug dealer named Machismo. <laughs> no! We cannot talk about Machismo. <laughs> If Machismo finds out I've talked to you, I'm dead. Don't you understand? I'm dead. He's Machismo, man. Am I wrong, AJ? Oh. Did I miss it? Not, a, not only are you wrong, you are wrong head and heart. Oh, no. I mean, obviously, this is the BAU Federal Bureau of Investigation, so of course we're going to Mexico to catch serial killers. Okay. Have I mentioned I really don't like machismo? <laughs> um, I, I don't recall, but now 
Yeah, it sounds like you don't. <laughs> I mean, I've been wrong before on the rewatch. I've been wrong before. I didn't think I was going to like the tribe, and I, I really dug it this time. So maybe. Um, but if you're going to have me rank the episodes going into the season, uh, which ones I was looking forward to seeing and which ones, uh, yeah, machismo is among them. So, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Well, that you is, never know. That is actually, uh, makes it quite exciting to see what we, uh, come up with next week, see what happens. That's where the rewatch perspective, uh, is kind of exciting to yeah. me. Yeah. AJ, and hopefully to our listeners. I, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> as, well. I mean, although if 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 the episode is uh, as lackluster as I remember, uh, then we might do a full reenactment of the episode where there's a drug dealer named Machismo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's going to know? No one's uh, yeah, really watching might... these episodes, right? They're just listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that might have to be a bonus podcast, AJ. Um, <laughs> So, anyway, folks. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you got me again. Oh, but good job. Folks, that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had a great time. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to spread the word. Let some of your friends know about us, especially if you know they like Criminal Minds. If you know they like the Criminal Minds. Let them know about Felonious Pundits. Why not? Uh, you can also write to us at feloniouspundits at gmail.com or follow us at on Twitter at podcast underscore pundits. That's uh, it. So for AJ Mass, this is Kintad Svensgaard saying goodbye, everyone. Keep profiling. Wheels up. If you're working class, they try to walk all over you. If you escape that and become a celebrity, they put you on walks of fame and name streets after you so people can walk all over you in perpetuity. Stuart Stafford. <laughs>